This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Today's Thursday. And we are sponsoring a series of Shiurim by Harav Moshe Eberman on the positive mitzvot, the positive side of Shabbat. Harav Eberman. We will continue today discussing the concept of Kvod Shabbat. Before we proceed, I'd like to comment in reference to a point made during the previous year. At that point, I had mentioned that there were two opinions whether in the Chadodi one ought to turn to the west or to the, re- the rear of the Beit Knesset the rear of the Bethel. I had mentioned that this seemed to be a dispute between the Mishnah Burah and the Arucha Shulchan, as appearing in Siman Reish Samach Bet, where the Mishnah Burah is of the opinion one turns to the west, and the Arucha Shulchan is of the opinion that one is to turn to the rear of the Bet Knesset. Uh, in truth, at that time, I'd forgotten that the Aruch HaShulchan himself actually mentions both these points. In Siman Reish Mem Bet, Si'if Mem, the Aruch HaShulchan says, V'achal kach omrim shir l'chadodi likrat kala, u'vesofo machzirin p'nehem lemaarav. ואומרים, בואי בשלום עטרת בעלה, בואי חלה, בואי חלה, ואומרים זה בעמידה. In reference to his description that is brought in Siman Reish Membet of the Tfilah of Kabbalat Shabbat, the Aruch HaShulchan here mentions the idea of turning to the west, not to the rear of the Bet Knesset, when reciting the section of L'chadodi of Boi B'Shalom. To my mind, this is only indicative of precisely what I had suggested, that in the reality which existed in Europe, the rear of the shul and marav one are the same. And therefore, the Aruch HaShulchan is not particular, and one place speaks of west and one place speaks of the rear of the shul. As far as we are concerned, as mentioned in the previous year, there might be a distinction, there might be a nafkamina between these two uh, possibilities. Let us now proceed to the issue of today's shiur. The Gemara in Shabbat teaches us a series of stories or comments of different Amuraim, who took upon themselves to do particular functions of preparation for Shabbat. Gemarayim, Kufyutet, Amud Aleph, Masechet Shabbat, states, Rabbi Avahu, Haviyativ, Atachta, Deshina, Umushifnua, Avanan, Lavish, Gunda, Detana, Devei, Rabbi Ishmael, Gadim, Shebishel, Bahem, Gdera, Lerabo, Alim, Zog, Bahem, Kos, Lerabo. Bivau um, would prepare 
the the flames. Ravanan would wear, and we mentioned this last time. Ravanan would wear a particular garment that would stress the idea that he is focused on cooking. And here it's presumable that he didn't just walk around in this garment to make a statement that Friday is a day of cooking, but rather he himself was involved in some of the cooking. Then the Gemara proceeds, Rav Safra Machich Reisha. Rav Safra would roast, uh, obviously the head of a, an animal, a lamb or something, that was considered a delicacy for eating on Shabbat. Rava Malach Shibuta. Rava would salt the fish, uh, known as a Shivuta. Ravuna Madlik Shrage. Ravuna would light the candles. And to avoid any question that we will discuss later on in one of the shiurim on the issue of Adlakat Nerot, who is to light the candles as far as the requirement of Adlakat Nerot, one can understand here that the meaning is would light the candles throughout the house, make sure that the uh, house is lit up. Furthermore, as um, might appear later, Madlik Shrage may have been that he lit the candle but then put it out, in the sense of preparation, because once a candle has been lit and has absorbed the oil, it is easier to relight afterwards. Rav Papa Gadil Ptilta, Rav Papa would prepare the wicks for the candles. Rav Chisda Parim Silka, Rav Chisda would slice the silka, the vegetable, uh, for Shabbat. Rabbah Rav Yosef Matzlechetzivei, Rabbi Rav Yosef would chop up wood. Uh, presumably the wood would uh, be used for cooking and preparing the food for Shabbat. And Rabbi Zera metzatet tzitute. Rabbi Zera would light and put out the uh, candle, the wicks, in preparing them to be more efficient for lighting at the time of Knisat Shabbat. Of Nachman bar Yitzchak, mechatef v'ayil, mechatef v'nafik. Nachman would load on his shoulders um, different items that needed to be brought in for Shabbat, and in return then would load himself up with items that had to be taken out of the house for Shabbat. Anyone who's ever seen the reconstruction of homes in the Tanaic Amoraic period would understand that these their homes were very small, um, and much of what they had was left outside, and therefore he would be preparing for Shabbat, bringing in items that were particularly necessary for Shabbat, while removing items that had nothing to do with Shabbat life. All these examples indicate to us that the Amoraim felt it necessary to take it upon themselves to prepare for Shabbat as part of the idea of Kvod Shabbat. Um, this idea is brought down in Shulchan Aruch, in Siman Reish Nun, Sif Aleph, Yashkim babokil biyom shishi laachin tzorchei Shabbat. One should awaken early on Friday to prepare for Shabbat. 
ואפילו יש לו כמה עבדים לשמשו, השתדל להכין בעצמו שום דבר לצורכי שבת כדי לכבדו. Even if one has many servants, or in the, the terminology of the, the Shulchan Aruch, slaves uh, who could do the work, and one would only need to give them instructions what is to be done, and the house could be well prepared for Shabbat without any physical action on the part of the Baal Habayit. Yet, says the Shulchan Aruch, one should make the effort to at least do one particular thing in, pre- in preparation for uh, Shabbat. The, to, and this is for the purpose of having a hands-on involvement in uh, the idea of Kvod Shabbat. As we said, that the primary aspect of Kvod Shabbat is in the preparation and setting up the environment for a uh, more proper uh, sense of respectability during Shabbat. And then he brings down, he paraphrases the different examples that we have mentioned in the Gemara in Shabbat. Seemingly, this would, this idea would be um, part of a broader halacha that though we find in many areas of halacha and most areas shlucho shel adam kemoto, most actions can be done through an agent who fulfills the action for one's, uh, oneself and by so doing the requirement, the halachic requirement is fulfilled. Um, yet, mitzvah bo yoter mi bishlucho. It is a greater mitzvah. It is preferable that the mitzvah be fulfilled and accomplished in one's own activity, one's own hands, than by others. Um, the Gemara and Kiddushin, which coincidentally is part of the uh, Dapim learnt this week in Daf Yomi, the beginning of the second parak, the Mishnah teaches that Ha'ish Mekadesh Bo Veshlucho. A man can be Mekadesh a woman on his own or through an agent. Similarly, the woman can receive directly the Kiddushin or she can have an agent receive it for her. The Gemara questions reference to this Mishnah, Since we are taught that a person can be Mekadesh through a Shaliach, would it not be obvious that he can do it on his own? Therefore, the Gemara is questioning why the Mishnah felt it necessary to state Bo Uvishlucho, he himself or through his agent. If the Mishnah had said he could do it uh, through an agent, it's obvious that he could do it also on his own. Amar of Yosef, Mitzvah bo yoter mi bishlucho. Comes Rav Yosef and answers because the Mishnah is coming to stress to us the halachic principle of mitzvah bo yoter mi bishlucho. 
it is a greater mitzvah when the mitzvah is done by him himself rather than through an agent. The Gemara then rejects this as an answer to this particular section of the Mishnah, but returns to the statement of Rav Yosef in reference to the latter part of the Mishnah, that a woman can receive her Kiddushin either on her own or through an agent. The Gemara therefore teaches us that uh, Rav Yosef states there is a halachic principle that a mitzvah is fulfilled in a higher level, in a greater sense of achievement, when it is done by the individual himself, and not through an agent, though formally the mitzvah is fulfilled even when using an agent. Similarly, one could apply this principle to what we saw here in Hilchot Shabbat, that though Kvot Shabbat is dependent on the result, that one's home is prepared, clean, neat, respectful, and all these things can be done through an agent, yet, mitzvah bo yoter mi it is a greater mitzvah to do it of his own, than to have a shaliach do it. Consequently, we see that each of the Amoraim took upon himself a particular uh, responsibility, maybe more, but at least that particular responsibility, to prepare for Shabbat, and by so doing, fulfilled the mitzvah bow, he himself is involved in the preparation for Shabbat, lichvod Shabbat. Um, the idea that the Gemara brings in the Amoraim would seem to indicate something more than that, and that that would be that even for, in, even in a situation where one would have to be mevatel Torah, it is important enough to fulfill the mitzvah of Kvod Shabbat that we justify Bitul Torah. If we go back to what we spoke about last week, the idea of Kabbalat Shabbat, the idea of Kvot Shabbat being a form of receiving Shechina, then this might make sense, that for the purpose of receiving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we can, in at least a limited capacity, be Mevatel Torah, and therefore each of these Amoraim allowed himself to refrain from a certain dimension of Tamu Torah, of learning, for the purpose of preparing Lichvod Shabbat. But both in the Rambam and similarly in the Shulchan Aruch, there seems to be an added dimension. The Rambam, when he brings this halacha, Rambam writes in Perak Lamed Halacha Vav, Af al pi adam chashuv beyotel, ve'ein darko likach dvarim min ashuk, ולא להתעסק במלאכות שבבית, חייב לעשות דברים שהם לצורך השבת בגופו, שזה הוא כבודו. 
Um, the Rambam states that though he is a person of prominence, a person of means, um, and he usually would not carry things from the market or be involved in these kind of activities, yet it's a mitzvah to do uh, for the preparation of Shabbat begufo in his with his own body, his own two hands, shezehu kvodo. Um, the Rambam seems to, first of all, go further than the Shulchan Aruch, where the Shulchan Aruch used the term Yishtadel Hachin. One should make an effort to prepare. The Rambam had used the term Chayav Lasot Dvarim Shehem Netzorich HaShabbat. He is required to do it. But the main point that I think we should note in the Rambam is the last two words where he says, Shezehu Kvodo, three words, Shezehu Kvodo. A similar uh, expression is found in the Shulchan Aruch, who writes, Kizehu Kvodo Shemechabed HaShabbat. The Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch are making a statement that the actions which normally would not be done by this person, when they're done for the purpose of Kavod Shabbat, they actually present a form of respectability. I uh, feel that um, we might see that the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch here following his footsteps, is suggesting something more than what we had said before, and maybe referring to a halacha known in reference to um, dealing with an object that is found that was lost from someone, and one finds it and has responsibility to retrieve it and attempt to return it to its owners. What we know in halacha as hashavat the returning of a lost item. And here, the Gemara in Brachot, in Tafyutet Amudbet, teaches us, Tashma, V'hitalamta mehem. The Pasuk in Dvarim, Perchavbet, says, V'hitalamta mehem. You should ignore these things. Pa'amim she'ata mit'alem mehem, u'pa'amim she'einata mit'alem mehem. There are times that you can ignore particular things, and there are times that you may not ignore them. Hakitzad. What is the rule of thumb? If there is a lost item that is sitting in a cemetery, but he is a Kohen who is prohibited to enter the Beit HaKvarot, the cemetery, lest he become Tamei, lest he become impure. Therefore, even though there is a mitzvah to return a lost item, he, the Kohen, is exempt from doing it since it would require his becoming impure. Or if he is an elderly or a respected person, and it is not to his status of respectability to start carrying 
items of this sort around to lift them and carry them, etc., then he is exempt. And this same idea is found once again in the Gemara in Baba Metziah and Aflamid, and the Gemara in Sanhedrin in Daf Yudchet. The idea being that though there are certain mitzvot um, that are a requirement on one to pick himself up and do, in circumstances where his status, his respectability may be affected negatively by fulfilling this mitzvah, there is an exemption from having to fulfill this mitzvah. One may have thought that a similar idea applies in Kavod Shabbat, that the requirement of Kavod Shabbat, especially since it can be fulfilled through an agent, would exempt one to whom these actions were considered as disrespectful. Comes the Gemara and teaches us that even the most important of Amoraim would bring themselves to do these physical actions, even though they had agents to do it, they had servants and others who might do it, yet the idea of Kvot Shabbat, that preparation, that setting up for the receiving of Melech, the King of Kings, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is something that actually creates a situation that this kind of action would now be a form of respect. There are things that one would not do in certain circumstances, yet in other circumstances he would do them. Here, for the purpose of receiving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it is considered respectful for him to do it. This brings to mind the famous story brought in the Nevi'im of David, who uh, was dancing and jumping, singing in joy when bringing the Aaron to Yerushalayim. Right? And then his wife criticizes him for sort of demeaning his respectability as king. And the response is that David was doing this appropriately because though David is king, he was doing it before the Aron HaKodesh that represents the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore that in itself is actually respectful and raises the respectability of David HaMelech. There is another point that I'd like to note in the halachot here. Most of the issues of Kvot Shabbat that we have mentioned are issues of kum ase, take action to prepare for Shabbat to um, have a, an appropriate atmosphere in your home for yourself on Shabbat, appropriate to the respectability of Shabbat. But the Rambam brings down in Halacha Dalid, Asul likvoas uda umishte be'erev Shabbat mipnei kvod ha-Shabbat. It is prohibited to set a big meal or some sort of um, party for eating and drinking on Erev Shabbat because of Kvod Shabbat. 
And then the Rambam continues that though it is permissible to eat until it uh, becomes dark, yet one should refrain from eating from the time of the Mincha so that uh, his meal on Shabbat will be something more special, will constitute a Kavod Shabbat. Here, in the beginning of Halacha Dalet, we find that not only are there actions that <coughs> excuse me, uh, that one should take for the purpose of Kavod Shabbat, but that Kavod Shabbat requires us from refraining from doing certain things that might diminish the Kavod of Shabbat. If one were to eat a meal on Friday, one that a meal that would be a big grand meal of importance, a mishte, where one has meat and wine to drink, then at the very least, Friday would be equated to Shabbat. There would be no distinction between Friday representing the days of the week, the motachol, and the unique of Shabbat, the Kedushah of Shabbat. And therefore, one has to sometimes refrain from certain activities so as to promote and preserve the Kedushah of Shabbat. This general idea, and I'm not uh, entering the details of what is prohibited as far as eating on Friday, when and how, uh, an issue that in itself constitutes a halachic discussion, both as far as the practical aspects of it and the understanding specifically of what the Rambam's opinion was. I'm referring to the general idea that the Rambam gives us that at times one should refrain from doing certain things so that he can create or preserve the respectability, the kavod of Shabbat. This idea was taken further by Rav Moshe Feinstein and strongly expresses that we not only have to take certain actions to build up the Kavod Shabbat, but we also have to refrain from certain things to preserve it. In a question, or dealing with a question that was posed to him by his grandsons, um, in reference to the use of a Shabbat clock, an electric timer, to activate certain utensils, electric utensil, utensils on Shabbat, whether that would be permissible or not. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein makes a distinction that might be arguable, but distinguishes between using a timer for lighting lights, putting on lights, uh, which he says, at the very least, because it become acceptable um, and has been done in the past, uh, one can do it, to using the timer to activate some utensil that would prepare or, or, or do something on uh, Shabbat itself. And for the purpose of the discussion there, he gets into a lengthy discussion on Hichot Shabbat, um, of the extent of indirect activity and things that were started on Friday and would continue into Shabbat, does plugging the uh, 
this electric clock into the electric socket constitute an action or not? In his opinion, it's not. And therefore, there isn't an action that actually started already on Erev Shabbat. But putting that aside, says Rav Einstein, even if the other question or the other issues of indirect activity are debatable, there is another reason to prohibit using utensils through a timer. That this is a disrespect, a lessening of the status of Shabbat. And um, he speaks about the fact that ziluta, to lower the respectability of Shabbat, is not acceptable in halacha. And continues, V'gam pashut dati, davar shehu ziluta leshabbat, hu over beyadayim al chiyuv hakavod. Shemash mashu gamken chiyuv ha-Torah shenitparshu al yedea nviim shekatav ha-Rambam, reish perek, shloshim ilchot shabbat, etc. Says Rav Feinstein that his mind, when one creates a disrespect to Shabbat, he is actually transgressing and wiping out the requirement of Kavod Shabbat, the requirement of maintaining the respectability of Shabbat. Consequently, says uh, Feinstein, using the timer to activate this electric utensil would be a ziluta of Shabbat and would be prohibited to use on Shabbat, something that would apply to using timers to put on uh, all kinds of machines, to put on televisions, etc. Um, I would suggest that if we accept the general principle that Rav Moshe Feinstein is raising here, even if we were not to apply it to every particular aspect of electric utensils, we might be able to understand the concept that is sometimes found in reference to certain activities on Shabbat when asked, can we do it? We're told no. Why? What is the prohibition? And then the answer might be, you know what, there is no particular Isser, it's just not Shabbistic. It's not appropriate for Shabbat. What does it mean, it's not appropriate for Shabbat? I suggest that not appropriate for Shabbat means exactly it undermines the Kavod of Shabbat, it undermines the Chiyuv, the requirement of maintaining a Kavod Shabbat. Therefore, not only must we take action to create, build up Kvod Shabbat, but we must also uh, ta- refrain from doing things that are not Shabbistic, that don't fit the atmosphere, the spirit of Shabbat, because they undermine the uniqueness, the sanctity, the special atmosphere of Shabbat.